PC Perspectives coverage of CES 2015 is brought to you by Logitech. See the latest gaming peripherals at gaming.logitech.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective podcast. This is special edition from CES 2015, day one. It is Sunday night, going into Monday. Uh, well, actually, here, we've still got an hour and ten minutes till it's Monday. So we're actually doing this pretty early. So this is um, CES doesn't officially start until Tuesday. But that doesn't stop people from having, like, we actually had meetings yesterday. Mm-hmm. We had meetings today. Mm-hmm. There's a press conference today, a really great press conference today. Uh, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that we saw in no particular order. Uh, and um, talk about maybe, maybe depending on how long we go, if there's anything interesting at the end of the day. So thanks for joining us. Uh, this is the first time you've heard us. You can uh, join us at pcper.com slash live. We're going to try to record three or four episodes live from CES at various times of night. We don't really know uh, when that will be. It's going to change all the time. Uh, I will also say that usually we bring up pictures of the articles we're talking about. Because we're mobile, we don't really have the capability. Uh, so apologies there. But pcper.com slash podcast, you can get uh, RSS feeds and links to all of our previous episodes and anything if you want to join up for that. And then pcper.com slash subscribe. We will send that an email 15, 20 minutes before we actually start streaming and going live uh, during these shows, which is more important now because you never know when we're going to actually do them. It could be you early one night before dinner. No. It could be after dinner. It could be at 3 in the morning as it is now. So um, it's nice to see that some of you guys are there. Uh, Alan was worried that nobody would show up to a podcast as late as one fifty in the Eastern time because he goes to bed at 10. So I'm old. He is old. That's very true. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into things. Let's start it. I guess we'll just go in order of uh, things that happened. So we'll start with yesterday. How much of that can we talk about? We went to go I see Lenovo. Know. Yesterday, I know the Think stuff has launched. Maybe I'll just go in the order of things that show up on the website. That way I know it's there. So let's talk about this. First thing on the website. Hey, NVIDIA had a press conference today, and they announced uh, Tegra X1. The X1. Not, not M1 for Maxwell. Nope. Maxwell, well, yeah. X, X for Maxwell 1. So this is a, uh, a new SoC that is kind of interesting in that it uses off-the-shelf ARM cores, correct? A57 and A53, yeah, eight and a cores four plus four configuration. Well, we really call it big little, yeah, because it's really an ARM implementation at this point. It's not anything custom that Nvidia is doing. No, um, and then it has a 256 core Maxwell GPU. Yeah, it's uh, comprised of two SMMs, okay. you know, streaming multiprocessor Maxwell. Uh, as we know, uh, 128 of those were about as powerful as 192 of the Kepler, uh, mm. and a little bit more efficient. So when we uh, when we start looking at the numbers, uh, it is essentially twice as powerful as the Tegra K1, and twice as energy efficient. It's uh, made on TSMC's 20 nanometer process. Right, that's new. So that is a positive thing for them. Uh, they, I, I asked them quite plainly. How's uh, fab space for this? And he said, yeah. well, it's enough, yeah. which I don't really know how to take that. <laughs> I, get, I, I guess they're happy with it. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they're, they're producing parts. We saw parts running today without a problem. They're in full production right now. So these are good things for NVIDIA. And uh, pretty much what was the entire show about that you saw tonight? Well, before we go into the bad part about it, oh, okay. I, I just want to... Are we still good at everything there, Ken? Okay. By the way, I am Ryan. 
This is Josh. Josh. That's Ken, and that's Alan. And Alan yeah. uh, we got the normal group here, um, uh, minus Jeremy or Sebastian or Maury. Lucky people not in Las Vegas. Uh, but they did. Sh- they showed us benchmarks. They showed us GPU benchmarks. They showed us CPU benchmarks. We already had questions about, hey, how come this isn't using Denver? They just they said Denver is still in the plans. It's just yeah. this iteration is not using Denver. Remember the Tegra K1, the first version did not use Denver. Yeah, it used uh, Cortex A15. Yeah, and yeah. then the uh, Denver version. And the Denver version tried to not be that fantastic right now either the one that's in the nexus 9 yeah tablet so denver's still in the plans for this they say i don't know if that's you know honestly the case or maybe they have some major revisions coming to that cpu core but we saw gpu benchmarks we saw cpu benchmarks all very impressive stuff all well, you know running on reference platforms on this what's that is that uh, if you really kind of look at the specs and performance it performs about as well as the gtx 280 of many years ago a desktop part yeah, that was, you know, a 225-watt yeah. TDP part. Yep. So it, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Tegra X1 specifications, but I feel like I say that every time NVIDIA announces a new SOC. Is that, hey, this is pretty impressive. Um, now, keep in mind that, that the, the Snapdragon 810 is going to use the same A57 plus A53 CPU design, uh, but it will have a different GPU, right? So NVIDIA's really primary advantage here will be on the GPU side. Uh, and we need though, though applications that take advantage of it. Yeah, but they do claim that their work many years ago on their 4 plus 1 core parts sure. have gained them some good experience uh, with this 4 plus 4. And uh, they claim to have a significantly better power efficiency with these uh, this implementation than, say, mm-hmm. like the uh, Samsung... Exynos, what, 5433? I can't right. remember what the... Sure. Yeah. Do you believe it? They showed it on graphs. <laughs> yeah. Do graphs lie? I just, I just don't know. I, I don't like, know how much time they would spend on that, knowing yeah. that if they if they honestly believe that that's not their primary CPU focus going forward, the Denver is. Um, and, and they know that like diff- even if they differentiate by 5 or 10% on the CPU side, that means very little. Right, where they where they need to show differentiation is hey, we're two times faster than A8X in terms of graphics. But what I was going to say before is like you need applications to take advantage of that because the Android kind of gaming market, even since K1 has been out, you know, announced for a year, is still not really that impressive, right? Oh boy, that Temple Run runs really damn it fast. It does, but no, I mean, it runs at the same speed because it's V-synced. Oh, that's true. <laughs> but the, there's no choppiness. But like you know, you look what they did with Half Life Episode One. Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and Portal and that stuff. That's all really, really cool, but that's like three games. They need more of that stuff. So that's Tegra X1, uh, very early prototype, not prototype, but reference stages. Uh, they, didn't not, they did not announce any products based on it for consumers. They didn't announce any shields, any shield tablets, shield portables, shield consoles. They didn't announce anything like that. No. But what they did talk about was cars. cars. Oh, and they had uh, Audi come up there. Man, you know, it's, it's incredibly cool stuff. But they did not need 90 minutes to discuss that. No, no. So they basically showed off that Tegra X1 working inside cars to both render your uh, speedometer very accurately. The CX was their dev kit for dashboards. Yeah. PX was for computer vision. Yeah, and the computer vision stuff was way more interesting, but it was still the presentation of it was way too long. Yeah. but the idea of the computer being able to recognize pedestrians or street signs or red lights and then... They didn't really say what you do with that. It just says that 
Right, it but can. that's the thing. Well, yeah. uh, then you then you I I I figure I assume that the idea would be that then you eventually work that into a system of safety precautions or self-driving cars or whatever, but they just kind of said, "Hey, look at all this cool stuff we can recognize through the computer vision system." And it's really neat. And then they parked a car at 5 miles an hour automated through four and, cameras and, well. and a simulated video game. and a simulated thing yeah which doesn't make any sense to me right like if if your device can park a car then strap four car- cameras to a car and then actually park it they just showed well, a, couldn't run a game yeah but yeah. they don't want to do that in their parking garage with all the audis and ferraris all the ferraris in there, there, in there. Yeah. and so uh, uh, yeah they just did the uh, simulation and yeah. and each of the uh, each of the gpus were rendering to kind of the camera software so, yeah, it's kind of interesting how they they got that. So J- Josh wrote up a good story on Tegra X One. Uh, go check that out. Um, let's see, uh, Alan, you went to Storage Visions today, and you have one post here that is a part one of uh, several posts you're kind of working on. This one looking at the HGST HE Eight, which I'm guessing is a helium drive. Yeah, there was an HE Six that was a six terabyte. Uh, okay. Full helium. <laughs> now get it. Wait, get way closer to your mouth with that thing. The HE8 is the uh, same kind of deal, right? Except it's 8 terabytes. Okay. Right. Um, they announced this a little while back, but now we actually see it, like, you know, on you know on someone's desk, in this case, on the uh, SATA IO desk. Right? Sure. Because HGHC didn't have, like, a, their own booth at this thing. Okay. Um, but uh, SATA IO had one on display just showing, hey, look, these are the kinds of things that are SATA devices, right? SATA-capable devices. And then uh, the drive savers guys, the data recovery guys, had one that was completely ripped open a few pictures down. Right. I see that. Um, That's cool. So it was kind of cool because we actually got to take pictures of like all the, the, the guts. The like, heads and stuff. The, the things that I dare not take a drive down to when we do a review because it would destroy it. Right. right. Eh, um, that seems fine. You know, so that was kind of cool. Uh, and then uh, the drive savers guys um, just coincidentally uh, have like a recent partnership with SanDisk as far as like doing data recovery like with SanDisk. In other words, SanDisk coordinates with them and provides software to, you know, help those guys like reconstruct data from right. like an SSD. Like how do you, you know, de- you know, decrypt all of the metadata and like, you know, where the, where the data is on the flash and stuff. And uh, that just kind of like lead, naturally leads me into, well, there was SanDisk there and they did have other items up, uh, you know, just on display, right? They, uh, they recently acquired Fusion IO. Right, oh, so, now, right. so right. now Fusion IO is part of their thing, and then where they're going to go with that generally is part instead of, of thing. It, well, instead of having like Toshiba Flash on, you know, uh, on the Fusion products, they're going to tra- transition them that all would over. Make sense. They're going to start having you know SanDisk Flash right. on them. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, they also had a four terabyte, two and a half inch form factor. A Enterprise four terabyte, SSD. two and a half inch SSD. Yeah, and if you cool. actually, if you scroll down a little, you can see it like flips open like a book. Oh, nice! Uh, there's just flexible ribbons in there that kind of like fold over within itself, and then it fits into yeah. a uh, yeah, you know, not nine millimeter, but like the eleven and a half or the whatever the uh, so the you know, form factor you can't use in anything. Well, for enterprise you can like anything that's an enterprise SAS enclosure can can support up to that size, and that and these are SAS drives, so. Um, so that was, you know, that was pretty cool. Uh, there's other, some other SanDisk stuff coming, but we can't talk about it yet. Talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Um, and there's actually some other stuff, even from other companies, coming out tomorrow or later this week that we can't talk about yet from from that. Um, uh, but there was that other thing at Storage Visions that we can talk about, if you want. Uh, sure, go ahead. Uh, that was uh, uh, SATA Express, actually, like, up and running 
on a demo with some Western Digital prototype drives. Okay. Uh, connected to systems, so that was pretty cool. Uh, so basically, what you kind have, of speeds we talking about? Uh, well, so you know, Western Digital kind of sticks with JMicron for their SSD stuff. Yep. Like they historically have done it, right? Like the Black Two had JMicron in it. Um, that kind of stuff, right? They're what? decent, but they're not super fast, right? Um, so apparently there is a JMicron controller that can talk over PCI Express. And it's not awful? Uh, <laughs> it was doing around 500 bank per second on okay. PCIe 2.0 by 2. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty so good. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, you could probably pull that off with one lane of that. I mean, it's theoretically possible, right? But sure. this was doing decent, you know. It's just... It's kind of like SATA 6 gigabit speeds, basically. Okay. Like what you would expect from a SATA SSD, right? But here's the catch, is that that SSD was incorporated into the same size daughter card, or the PCB, that's on the bottom of a 4-terabyte black hard drive. Mm. So you have a 4-terabyte black hard drive with what looks like almost a regular SATA connector, except right. it's actually a SATA Express connector, so there's some extra pins in there, right? right? And you use a SATA <laughs> Express cable... And the SATA portion, the hard disk portion, just communicates over SATA with the system, just as if it was normally connected like a regular hard drive. But at the same time, you have a PCIe 2.0 by 2 SSD also connected, all from the same package with one common cable. And is it, is it up to Windows to... It is two independent devices. It shows up as two independent it, it devices, is no like, different, like the Black 2 did. It's no different than as if you had like an M.2 SSD and a Western Digital black hard drive. But it, but it's also like the, the two-and-a-half-inch drive they had before, right? The, no, that actually... That showed up as two different devices. No, it, it combined them into one logical... Yeah, the black two showed up yeah. as an SSD only when you first configured it, and then once oh, you installed right. their it software... Oh, that's right. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, it just yeah. appended okay. it, right? So that's this cool. is independent devices, and so they showed it in two different flavors. They had one that was just like, look, the, the system on the left there is just like, that's the only device connected. You have your OS on the SSD. You have mass storage on the hard drive, right? But then the system on the right, they went for like more of a, maybe a kind of a power user thing where they were trying to do raids, but you can't raid PCIe SSDs like and boot from them. Right. Like that's not a thing, not yet, right? Um, so they actually had the system on the right, even though you see two of those devices in there. Um, it was booting. People in the of, hallway might be trying to break in, but continue. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, they can try. Uh, it was. Uh, it was I'm booting off of. Not. It was booting off of some. <laughs> it's the cleaning lady. She's. she's oh uh, yeah, her time for her podcast. Yeah. Um, so they were booting off of some third drive connected just to regular SATA, in that, and, but then once they were in Windows, they were using Windows RAID to RAID together not only the two hard hard disks like the platter disks, but also the two, NV, or not NV, the two uh, PCIe. SSDs that were on them as well. So you actually had a pair, two pairs, like two raids running from just two devices. Oh, two, I see. Right? Because it's showing it was four independent devices. Because it's yeah, actually yeah. four independent devices as far as Windows understands, right? Uh, and that raid they were able to get from the, from the SSD portion, they were able to get uh, over a, uh, one gigabyte per second out of that, which is good, right? That's Five, cool. 500 meg per second so... times two, basically. There's a lot of kind of like... Why do I care? That's kind it's of... It's a desktop form factor. I could just use the M.2 slot on my motherboard, or I can just, just You're right. put in a, You're a, right. an SSD. Put in a real SSD. I, I don't really see the, the real power SSD. user... <laughs> like, that's like, three and a right. half, or two and a half would be awesome, but that... like two And, and a half you can do this in two and a half. But 
No laptops have SATA Express. It's true, but it wouldn't be that hard to add it if the laptop had a two and a half mm. inch bay. Yeah. Right? You're just mm. connecting different wires, basically, right? So that's possible. That could be a thing. You could have a, what the what the black two should have been, probably. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, an SSD independent from the hard drive, and you could talk to both at the same time with no penalty. Right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how it should be, you would think. Right? Uh, so I really envision the system on the left, like an OEM kind of a thing. Like you could have Dell or someone making. Yeah, I guess. You, know, you only put one three and a half inch drive in there, and you have your mass storage and your SSD covered. One device, one cable. Right? One like, single point of failure. Well. All right, we're done talking about this, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think electrically they're completely de- independent. So Except they share the same power connector. True. <laughs> so they're not electrically independent but, at all. But like signal-wise and controller-wise and there gotcha. is no, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. there's no common thing splitting them, right? Yeah. It's just eh, yeah. That's still cool as an idea. It's though. cool. I'm not really sure how it's going to catch on like if I really see it Wait catching on cuz now you have M.2 really catching on on motherboards and stuff, right? Are you <laughs> Who is Ryan Shroud underscore in the chat that just <laughs> replied, not much, because it's not me. Oh, well, I guess I should kick right. Nah, it's, they're not doing anything stupid. Whatever. Okay. Well, no, they actually, yeah. Fine, whatever. Change your name or never, never mind. Or don't be, yeah, change your name eventually. or don't be stupid. Too late. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that's, so that's that. There was that. I'm going to take a quick break here and make sure we thank, because we didn't do it. We haven't done anything. It's Logitech for sponsoring us to be able to actually come out to CES and for all you people to be able to come as well. Well, you're lucky enough to come to CES. Gaming without Logitech. Hey, yeah, I don't know. Logitech. We had an awful nice dinner last night. We did. We did. It's quite nice. Yeah, but I paid for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still pretty thankful. For oh, it. okay. Well, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, let's see what else happened. We, we, didn't see, we went to see Lenovo. We saw a lot of stuff. Some of the stuff we can't talk about until tomorrow. Uh, real quick, uh, they have these stackable accessories that are kind of interesting. It's like a, a, a Bluetooth speaker and a Wi-Fi hotspot and... Um, portable storage uh, and a battery pack that can all stack together and be magnetized. Um, that was pretty cool. They share, but the, what's cool stuff about it is like the little intricacies. Where like where they all they all have magnetized and they all can stack together very neatly and cleanly. And then they all have pins that connect each other. Yeah, yep. like pogo they, pins. Pogo like pins. Pogo yeah. pins, and they can share data rails and they can share information. Yep. Like Like. They, they're all connected. You can connect up to five of them that can communicate at the same time. Yeah. And they work like supposedly intelligently to the point where if you took the hard drive and you plugged it into the router, like it, it just became, it would just it becomes be, wireless storage. It, it became wireless storage, and like if you plug the yeah, and then just I, add a battery. It, and like the, the, the hard drive power. unit itself has its own battery, but yeah. if it's not long enough, then you have the extra battery pack that you can also use to charge your phone, but it also can power the rest of the devices. Yeah, it's just. It's kind of a weird. I hope it like, all works yeah, properly. Yeah, making that work seamless is a big. It's, it's not super cheap either. The, the Bluetooth speaker is ninety bucks. The power bank is fifty. The wireless access point with the one terabyte hard drive that's actually a kit combined. But wait, that's two hundred bucks for fifty bucks. That was like a ten amp hour. Yeah, battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I a mean, you decent can, you battery. You can definitely go yeah. to Amazon and get those for twenty bucks. Sure, those prices aren't to, that far off. They're not. I feel like they're yeah, not. It wasn't horrible, but there was a premium, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean. It's a cool little idea, and they were talking about with expanding it into other things in the future, other devices. I don't know what they yeah. mentioned. I don't. I don't know. But, but they said like limit, a Pico projector or something like that. They Imagine said like the like limit that. was five things. Connected. Five things could communicate because of the, the number of pins is the. I think is, it was like power going through too many. Yeah, well, you gotta have because you gotta have pass through for up to five yeah, devices. I, I yeah, I think they had sixteen pins along the top, so you could only really connect devices across that bus for so yeah. long. Yeah. 
They also uh, launched a completely revamped ThinkPad lineup. Everything from the X1 Carbon to the uh, like uh, the new 250 and the new T550 and 540 or something like that. Basically, anything uh, that existed before that had Haswell is now going to have the new Broadwell parts. I don't know if they actually said that, but I'll say it. Cause fifth generation core processors. Fifth generation core processor technology, whatever. Um, that's all good stuff. That's uh, better efficiency. Um, and they talked about, like, for example, the X1 Carbon, which I'm a big fan of, um, has, what did they say it was? It, it has, they actually were able to fit six, six watt, watt hours. hours additional yeah. battery in there based on the redesign. Yeah, yeah I think it's like... 44 to 50. Yeah, with 44 to 50 watt hours of battery in there. And um, use less power. And use and it's using less power because of the new processor. Yeah. So the battery life should be extended. I don't think they gave me official quotes. I'm guessing somewhere around like 10 hours. Um, uh, and then they did things like that were smart. Like, you know, that, that last year we talked about the X1 Carbon. It had that weird kind of capacitive um, multifunction touch panel up top. Axe that. That's gone. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, it was it was not a good feature. Good riddance. I use that X1 carbon pretty regularly, and that pisses me off. Do we still have it? I hope yeah. we're gonna send it back now so they can <laughs> send us the new carbon X1. Yeah. Um, uh, and then they uh, they had the trackpad was huge on that, but it didn't have the physical buttons before, and now it has the physical buttons uh, on it as well. So if you use the what's that red dot in the middle called? The track point. Track point. You can use that with the buttons again. That's all a feature. Is there an issue? Wait, did that have a Core M in the new X1 Carbon? I don't think so. Then our news post is we, wrong. We wrote that. It should have. Let me see. Well, I mean, you can see in that video or not. It, oh, well. might, have, it might have been. Either way, it's I, more. I thought it was either way, it's a more efficient processor. Right? Send way, a note like, to Timothy to have him double check. I don't have enough hands for that. But I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. Josh, send a note to Timothy. Stop talking, Ken. Start typing. <laughs> uh, they had a 24-inch ThinkVision display. Nothing incredibly fancy uh, in terms of specifications. It's 1080p um, IPS 24-inch display, but it's 7.5 millimeters thick for the majority of it. Right. Uh, it has. It, it's. It's a super nice looking. Like if you look at the pictures of it, it it's, just. It's basically looks the nice. thickness. If you've ever taken apart a display, it's yeah, the thickness yeah. of the inside part of the. He display. said they actually coat like the back of it is actually the coating of the. They just took a put a coating on the back of the panel. Yeah. There's no just extra to, plastic molding. Yeah. Or anything. It's basically, around a thin it. layer of something just stuck onto. And it's only two hundred and forty bucks. It looked pretty damn good. It looked pretty nice. Yeah, it was very sleek. It looked pretty nice. I, I don't know. What do you think? Two hundred fifty dollars for a IPS twenty four inch shapey. It's it's. You're paying it's a little that much LED more. Is it? You're the kind of the monitor price guy, yeah. Josh. Okay, now what what was the stats? Twenty four inch ten uh-huh. IPS LED backlit panel. Yeah. Like for how good, much? Two fifty. Two fifty. That's a little high. Because yeah, it's really usually, damn thin. Usually, it's the the, the it was, eighteen twenty by twelve hundred workstation monitors around two fifty now. Okay. It was it was super thin and like kind of pretty. I mean, I don't see like the, the the design was very like you know they had a really nice base, like really sleek looking and stuff like that. And there's virtually no bezel on the sides and the top. Yeah, there's couple, I mean, it, like inch and a half, two inches on the bottom. It, it was basically like take here's the display part itself. What's the minimum amount of stuff we can attach to this to make it work, right? Is basically what they yeah, did. Yeah, they're talking how they worked with the panel maker to build components inside inside the the empty space in the panel to help shrink down. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, it was yeah. you know it's a nice looking display. 
It looked good on a CBS I noticed desk. that they didn't show any like 4K stuff. They had a 4K one last year. Yeah. That they didn't. They seemed to to, to Yeah, bypass. that's true. There was no. They had like the 4K Android yeah, powered those thing weird ones. in there. They, and, I mean, as a company like Lenovo, right? They go through a lot of those. Yeah. Cycles as well. Um, so let's see. Oh, MSI had some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, um, a lot of cool stuff. They had a lot of cool stuff. So we'll start with this. They had uh, they were releasing a motherboard called the X ninety nine. Hold on, X ninety nine A Gaming Nine ACK. You just want to say ACK. I do want to say like Ack. Bill the Cat. Ack, 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 Ack. Ack. So it's a new X ninety nine motherboard. Um, which, you know, it, I think it has like an updated... No, I think it had the same streaming engine as some of the other ones, which is like an Avermedia chip. Yeah, H.264 encoder on the board, so you can offload if you're doing exploit-type cool. streaming of your games. Um, but maybe, uh, well, definitely more interesting is that this motherboard had USB 3.1 integrated on it. It had two ports of USB 3.1, which is actually a uh, upgrade, doubling of speed, up to 10 gigabits per second, yeah. instead of 5 gigabit per second. And they had a, um, a demo of it running. They had two uh, Intel SSD 730 series SSDs. That's what they claimed. We never saw them behind the box. I think I said SSD. Well, it had the Speed Demon sticker on it. (laughs) Well, they've been using that for a while. And it was like a prototype um, thing that they didn't want us showing or really talking about, like the board. Because it's got a USB 3.1 controller on it that does a RAID, and it, you know, that's sure. Those are very, very early. We don't, they don't even really expect accessories using 3.1 to be available until like the Computex June timeframe, right? Um, but just like when 3.0 came out, you had to have some way to demonstrate it. So that's what they were doing here, yeah. and uh, they had uh, Crystal Disk Mark results of up to seven, or I'm sorry, 694 megabytes per second, right? And this was 676 read, but I think I saw like 690 read on the previous run as well. That's up there. So that's, that's and and, and if we compare that, like our our fastest USB 3 tests were like in the 460, 470 megabytes per second. Yeah, but that was with the, that wasn't a raid. That was a single SATA device bridged over. I mean, what's a theoretical max at five gigabits? That it's, that's right there. Right. Like gigabits. well, five wait, gigabits. five or ten? Was well, it ten? No, USB, USB 3.0 is oh, five yeah, yeah, gigabits. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take 50 and divide it by eight, you're at four. Yeah, if you take a little something. bit away for the overhead for, like, you know, error correction yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Four, 450, yeah. 460 is pretty much pegging that, right? Basically, yeah. So this is, you know, first-generation chip, first-generation software, first-generation controller. Beta and chip, And getting almost, and yeah, getting and getting almost, almost 700, 700 megs per second yeah, that's on two SSDs in, in RAID over it, USB. Interesting well, true, more but, that the rate was higher. But in the future, yeah. like you could have either a native controller or something, you know, bridging PCIe over to that or something like that, like M.2. Well, well eventually, you know, Intel's chipset will have that on there. Well, you're not, no, I mean, not going like to have a, a native controller because it's still... I'm not talking about the motherboard side. I'm talking about, like, like UASP devices... Still is, Good as you're going to get, right? You're talking about a controller off for the SSD that runs on. What USB? I'm saying is, you could have things that you plug in that would use that higher bandwidth and a 10 gigabit link. Yeah, you know, and actually see that not in something with a big concoction with a rate of SSDs like oh, it might sure, all sure, fit sure. in one small yeah. package. Is my yeah, point, this right? is only the beginning. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. But just the fact that it's like here's the interface actually doing it. That's cool. They also had right. uh, another board, the Z97A Gaming Six, which is a new. The Gaming Six is a new. Series, I guess you would consider that had you weren't they just three, five, and seven and nine? Correct. I, no, just five, yeah. seven, nine. Five, seven, nine. Okay. I think it's just five, yeah. seven, nine. I don't, yeah. I don't know. This motherboard model numbers are hard to do. Yeah, with. but now it's an even number. It means something. Odd number. Ooh. So this one had a USB three point one connection, but Type C. Yeah. 
which is like blood type. Um, but this no. is this is the connection. It's a very very small connection. Um, it's like micro USB. But it's, gonna, it's, it's smaller than that. Actually. You're going to need yeah. a funnel to put it in yeah. on a night when so it's this dark. Is, so here's what's interesting about this. It is the uh, connector that you can flip around either way. You cannot like the old joke of I plug. You have to plug. You try to plug a USB drive in three times before you get it right. Yeah. Right. This gets rid of that. It is smaller and more fragile, and I'm a little bit worried about that. You no, know, it's probably not more fragile. I feel like well, it is. I bet that middle part and the framing around it is going to be a little more fragile. But I bet they wouldn't do that. I bet uh, they would. But I mean, it's, like, it's, it's just it's taking this long to get a reversible USB connector. I don't think they'd screw it up by making it break. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but it also so it's reversible. Uh, it does support USB 3.1 speeds. And I didn't realize this until uh, writing this post up today that it has dramatic uh, improvements in power delivery. So right, you can do uh, 5 volts at 2 amps, which is what we're used to, but you can also do 12 volts at 2 amps mm-hmm. uh, or 20 volts at 2 amps over the same connector. Yep. You can you can power up to 100 watts through this little device, this little connector. Um, and so, you know, you I th- can I think ima- the most I think the most you're going to see in typical motherboards is 12. Well, they're talking about some of the stories I read were talking about the, you know, just laptop charging. It being right, right. USB C, you, you can get more out of that. But like with a like, you don't have twenty volts in your typical Correct. desktop motherboard. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be hard just to, right. to output twenty volts to it. Yeah, right. and and a hundred watts maybe a little bit too much to charge your tablet. <laughs> um, but but for well, before a laptop, like they're basically really saying, quick, right? you know, the idea would be is you have the same port and connector to charge your phone as to charge your tablet as to charge your laptop. Yeah, right. And that would now you be can very use nice. the same cables because all cables will be able to support. All those connection types, right? How are you getting a hundred watts out of this? Wait, what was it? 20? Twenty volts at two. Uh, oh wait, no, it was uh, twenty volts at five amps. Okay, yeah, yeah. You have two amps in the article. Oh, oh do I? Okay, the math almost works. <laughs> um, and yeah, actually, it should be uh, sixty watts was twelve volts at five amps too. Okay. Um, so yeah, but that's so that's twelve volts and five amps over what looks like a really tiny connector. That's like just amazing that they're cramming yeah. five amps through that because that's like. I'm super excited for that. Like just the the higher data speeds, the charging stuff, the, the yeah. fact that it, the cable is the same on both ends. Yeah, you know you don't have to worry about yeah any of that. Crap. Will the cable get hot, Josh? Do you have to have to touch the cable to see if it gets hot? I just touch the cable. <laughs> then your whole and that's hot. Your whole uh, USB to go thing won't even be a thing. Like, yeah, it'll just be everything yeah. will be USB to go for Android. One day in this like, magical future of USB 3.1, uh, I know right? Type C. Yeah. Uh, MSI had other cool stuff. The GS30 Shadow notebook with docking station. So uh, the GS30 Shadow is a 13.3-inch notebook from MSI um, that is uh, 1080p screen. What are the other specifications of it? It has a 4780 uh, HQ processor with Iris Pro 5200 graphics, so fairly high-end processor and graphics. Uh, for this device, 16 gigs of memory, RAID 0 with M.2 SSDs. Pretty thin and light. Fairly thin and light. I imagine it's going to have fairly short battery life in like the three to four hour range because, um, you know, like there's a lot of room in there for battery. Um, but the real kind of selling point to this is that if you look at the pictures of this is that it, it will ship with a docking station. It will ship with um, a... It looks like a bread box and is about the same size. In, in this case, this, in this case, it is actually a relevant comparison <laughs> size-wise. So it's a black box. It's maybe like a foot by six by six, and inside of it is a 450 watt power supply. 
that comes pre-installed, and then you add a discrete graphics card, right? So this is the whole, hey, uh, a laptop, portable laptop you can take with you on the go, and then, hey, you've got discrete graphics at home to play games. The, the, the uh, dock also has a, a speaker on the front. It has four USB 3.0 ports. It has audio connections. It has internal space for a hard drive, a three-and-a-half-inch hard drive. It has gigabit networking on it. Is the Ethernet on it? Um, and how does it get all that data? How does it? Po- how could it possibly have access to all this? Thunderbolt. Oh, close. No. It USB actually, three point one. Close again. Uh, it actually uses a by sixteen PCI Express three point slot. How is this not Thunderbolt? On I'm the just back, thinking about this. On the back of the motherboard. Well, by sixteen PCI three is way is higher way, than ten gigabits. Yeah. Way higher than ten well, gigabits. Thunderbolt's twenty now, but, but it's still way higher than that. You don't you don't need all that? Well. You don't know that. Yeah, I do. Hey, it's the GPUs that buy for If they can give it to you. On the back of the laptop is a kind of like little retractable door thing that reveals basically what looks like a PCI Express slot that would be on the back of a graph on the bottom of a graphics card. Huh. And it pushes into this dock and it has like a little handle that you pull to lat like physically lock it in place. Right, right. And then you just turn it on. And it just extends the PCIe. It, it is a PCI the, Express bus out, and you uh, uh, you have to turn the system off to plug it in. You have to t- put it, uh, turn it off to unplug it. It's not a hot swappable type thing. It's a modern spin on the old dock connector. But they had a, a full size GTX 980 in this. Yeah, right. Playing Far Cry 4 at maximum settings at 1080p or whatever it was, uh, and then they had keyboard and mouse hooked up to it, and it worked. And this will sell this week. It's going to ship this week or next week for 19.99. It's not bad for And me. the laptop, we're kind of guessing. You know, we, we need to spend time with it to actually see what it's worth. But we're thinking it's like a fourteen to $1,500 laptop. I mean, Iris Pro. Yeah. That's Iris Pro 4780. So this all, it passes everything back. Like, so the dot, everything connects to the base? Yes. So the like, screen doesn't work on the laptop once you plug it in. Right. But, but I mean, it's like... They the, said you, a driver might fix yeah. that, didn't they? Yeah. Oh. But you connect all of your desktop sitting devices to this you connect, box. You connect your mouse and, like, your big mouse and keyboard to the dock and your display yeah because because you just got the okay. graphics output and you can put a, another hard drive right, right, in there right. and you can put another hard drive in there right sure. you put like yeah. a one terabyte two terabyte four terabyte drive in there for some external storage or wow. an eight terabyte uh, and you can, helium and you can have your games in there yeah right yeah. like you leave so you don't have to have your games on your on your laptop with you right you keep your games on that drive you, you could obviously put an ssd in there if you sure. wanted sure um and i think it's a really cool idea i think it's a little bit Big. It's a little bit clunky. Yeah. Well, like, give me the 250 watt version. That's just the GPU enclosure, and make it maybe like a power brick, so I could just like have it sitting on my desk. Like, but, but this also has speakers. In yeah, it. yeah, it does. Speakers? But I mean, I, I have those sitting on my desk where I plug it into a monitor. Yeah, the speakers kind of not necessary. Everything else is is fine. The like the audio connection is kind of strange. I like the idea of having the Ethernet connection and the dock. Well, the, I think the, the hard drive the makes sense in that there. you've got a 256 gig SSD on the laptop. But, yeah, but you know, are these kind of beefy speakers? You guys witnessed no, it. No, they they're. I mean, I mean, they're they're oh. integrated. I'm only worried because speakers. It's not, generally bad practice to put speakers in a thing with a hard drive in it. But they're not. I mean, they're not going to be. It's not going to be okay. super probably, powerful stuff. Yeah, kind of like every speakers. notebook oh, all right. you've ever so seen. So tinny, tinny speakers. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, the only the one thing that gets me is like, I, I guess you could still have this like further away on the desk, but it's not something you could set on the ground, right, like on the I floor. Mean, because basically, I was trying to think of we get could. the noise of the GPU away from from the gaming experience. I mean, what, why right? couldn't you? 
I mean, I guess you, I guess you could. You can like it'd just be like having a desktop on yeah, the floor. You can run I your guess. DVD. And then your cat will it make. It just feels weird having something that's more fragile, like a laptop, kind of just. Oh yeah, I think there. it's a bad idea yeah. to have it on the floor, but yeah. you could have it. On yeah, because you know the heat coming off the uh, GPU and and the power supply, your cat's gonna make love to it. That's true. Hmm. It did get hot on the bottom of the device while they were gaming on it. Um, because it is using the processor, right, on the laptop, the 4780. It's a quad-core, hyper-threaded, fairly high-end processor. It is Haswell. It's not Broadwell, so there's something there. Um, but I, this is a competitor to the Alienware, what do they call that, the gaming amplifier? Yeah. Right, And that one is essentially the same thing. It's a box, but you don't physically dock it. You're using a cable. But that cable is only running at PCIe 2x4, yeah. I think, is what, what it is. Which I really think is enough bandwidth for this case. I mean, so if you're doing storage and gigabit and you've got USB 3 devices attached and you're gaming, you know, there's... I just want the GPU, though. Yeah, I know. Just give me an external Thunderbolt GPU and let's not make these proprietary But see, I think the issue is the Thunderbolt just doesn't pan out. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, somebody would have done it by now because MSI showed it two years ago. I mean, there are companies that have done that. Yeah, but I don't think it works well in Windows or like... There, there's something to the fact that it doesn't work as well. Otherwise, they do that because it, it makes more sense different? to do that to put a Thunderbolt port on this than to have a physical by yeah. 16 connection. Yeah. But th- there's something to you have to shut down the machine, you have to plug it in, and you turn it on. You are physically connecting a card into this laptop, right? Like you are yeah. doing that. They blamed Windows not allowing hot swap of video cards for that. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> So uh, they say they're going to send us one. So I'm very eager. I'm, I'm, I, I really want to try it out. So um, there's that. And then, of course, the GT80 Titan, the, the 18-inch gaming laptop with the Cherry MX Brown keyboard. Do you remember those old, the original compact portable computers? The suitcase one? I, yes. saw, I saw them on TV once yeah. when I was watching that show on AMC. Yeah. What's that called? That, uh Halt and Catch Fire. Halt and Catch Fire. Drama. Yeah, yeah. But tell me all about it, Josh. It that reminds me of that. <laughs> it does. Yes. <laughs> IBM. A, a huge expanse of metal right above the keyboard. So we talked about this a couple of months ago um, when they announced it, and it's just a giant 18-inch gaming laptop that has a full travel Cherry MX keyboard on there with arrow keys and all that. And then it, um, and to the right, it has the trackpad that can is convertible into a uh, touch num- number pad. Um, and it's actually a pretty cool system. Like I thought I was going to be like, oh, this is a hokey joke type thing, but the keyboard is nice. They're going to ship it with like a uh, wrist rest. Oh, ship it with a wrist rest so that it's uh, uh, like, you know, the it, it's yeah, ergono- it, it, ergonomical. Yeah, the edge of the laptop, it just ends at the edge of the keyboard at like a 90 degree. Yeah, angle, so which would not be of- good. Um, and then what we talked about before, as we hypothesized before, all the components basically sit above the keyboard. Right, The keyboard is the full depth of the uh, laptop at that point. And then if you open up the, that, that top area, you have access to four M.2 slots. You have your uh, memory. I think two DIMMs here. I think you have two more on the back. Is that what it was? Yeah, on the bottom. Yeah. And then you have uh, access to your spindle, spindle drive there as well, and your optical drive if you, if you want to do that. So they, they claim that it can be upgradable. I don't, you know, I mean, you could add some memory. It comes with 24 gigs of memory. It comes with 512 gigs of SSD, right? It has a 4980, what is it, 4970 processor. Uh, I forget what the... Well, when you're spending... It's $3,200 starting. I would hope so. 
starts at 3200 and it goes up to 3500 depending on what processor you take. But it does have a pair Man, of GTX... Man, you're a fool if you buy the $3,200 version. Yeah, cause... yeah. Just spend the extra 200 Um It does have uh, a pair of GTX 980M GPUs running an SLI. I mean, in terms of the most gaming power you can get into a size, it is an 18-inch 1080p monitor. I would like to see a higher resolution display than that. Yeah, that's kind of... You know, six, you know I... 25 by 14 would have been nice to see. But obviously, you're going to raise the cost of an already $3,500 laptop. But um, it wasn't like it wasn't really any bigger than a 17 inch laptop, which is interesting. I mean, it's a little like. It's a little bit like wider. Yeah, it's not any thicker. Right. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It, I, again, I came away more impressed than I expected to be. Did we say they ship it with a backpack? It does ship with a special backpack made for the correct size of the device. And it apparently comes with this coolest... If they send me that, I'm keeping it. Like the coolest... Uh, uh, like the red dragon like keychain. Like a stuffed like kind of cartoon-looking keychain. Like, I mean, if you're going to pay $3,500 for a laptop... You might as well get a stuffed toy. You might as well get a stuffed toy. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. And that's also something that is shipping like this month, like next week. That they say they're going to send us for a review. Uh, I can't wait to take that home for the first time and like uh, can, set it. Can on I the, borrow it and take it to Starbucks? Yeah, I'm going to set it on the counter at my house and be working on it when my wife comes home from work. Like, what in the hell is that? Ticket, 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 ticket. It actually wasn't that loud. It wasn't. It was. I mean, the Browns. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll mention here is they did have the 970 gaming 100 me card which is uh basically the same it's the same as that cooler as their gtx 970 uh gaming 4g only this one is green and has a backplate it has a backplate and the 100 me is celebrating the 100 millionth geforce gpu that msi has shipped it's a lot of geforce gpus yes it is they've been doing this for a while now yeah no joke but that's really all that's different. It, uh, it is a really limited awesome edition. Cus- color scheme. I just wish Gigabyte still made green and black motherboards, or anybody made that's green true. And black motherboards. Yeah, because I mean, they, I guess they, you get like a blacked out one. They got cool. flack for doing the red and black graphics cards with NVIDIA GPUs, but that's because their NVIDIA, or their MSI gaming branding was black and red. It's really cool branding, though. But I do, I do like it. The green is actually is pretty nice. It's it's. I don't think it's spot on NVIDIA green, but it's pretty close. It's yeah, pretty close. pretty close. Oh, yeah. We didn't see this, but we can talk about it. Acer announced a 27-inch IPS G-Sync monitor running at 144 hertz. 1440p. Yeah, 2560 by 1440. And as far as we know, is this the first IPS, IPS 144 hertz monitor? So I don't remember where I read it, but it may not actually be IPS. I thought, I thought it was AHVA. Yeah. I read that somewhere. Yeah, which is yeah but Sebastian, I remember somebody said commented. It's in the comments, but Sebastian said that the press release specifically mentioned IPS. Yeah, it does say mm-hmm. IPS. Some in the press people release. have been selling HVA panels as IPS. So what's how close is that? Surely Acer wouldn't. Pretty be that. close. Well, instead of educating people as to what HVA is, uh, yeah, I mean it's possible. <laughs> well, I mean if it's close enough that they're allowed to get away with that, then yeah, it's probably allowed versus having not been called out yet are two very different well, things. Right. But if it's close enough that they're going to try to get away with it, assuming that that's what's going on. Yeah. The, it's yeah, probably it's pretty a, it's good. It's in the comments. Right? Some sites are saying it's AHVA, but they do. Acer does specify IPS. So, Well, that would still make it the first thing that's ask. not a TN panel that's doing G-Sync, right? 
something better than TN. It is the first non-TN G-Sync panel, correct. Okay, someone announced a 144 hertz QHD IPS panel. Well, that says IPS. No, they're actually HVA, but they're they're calling them IPS. Hmm. There was AUO announced the the panel or announced yeah the panel in September. So Acer's integrating it into. Okay. It'll still be an awesome monitor. Well, still, yeah. I mean, you want better contrast and like not some crazy kind of color shift that you get from TN. I don't know. You know, it's not that bad on. It's not that bad on specifically on like the ROG Swift. It really isn't that bad, but it is still at the end of the day TN, right? It's still you sit it next to an IPS panel, and it's still like a kind of a night and day difference, right? It is better than the older TN that we're used to. Yeah. People on the stream said that they, it went down for a second, but it seems to be yeah, okay. Yeah, we can't do anything. Yeah, we probably can't do anything. Um, uh, and it, the according to YouTube, it still says we're streaming. But uh, I, I'm glad to see anything other than TN on the G-Sync. Yep. We don't have any idea on its availability, right? It said March. It said March or pricing. Release. Uh, that They didn't say that. Right. It's going to be one expensive and, and monitor. And keep in mind, yeah, as I was going to say, keep in, in, keeping in mind they charge that it will $600 be... $600 for their 1080p. Right. Acer is charging $599 for a 144-inch <laughs> TN panel. Um, that this will probably be expensive as well, which is unfortunate. We haven't met with AMD yet at CES. We're supposed to see some FreeSync panels. Again, we're hoping this will put pressure on NVIDIA and its partners to do something about that. But all everything else being equal, I'm still pretty excited to see this monitor in person. Hopefully, we'll be able to, uh, to see actually that in see the it. NVIDIA booth. No, that, they, we didn't show that tonight, did they? No. no, they didn't show that. Of course, they didn't show yeah. that. They were talking about cars. Yeah, G-Sync cars. Can't, you know, think about it. Uh-huh. Now, we spent 90 minutes learning about uh, object recognition. Deep. Neural network, deep neural networking, uh, image recognition, object recognition, and instead they could have been showing us uh, sweet G Sync 144 hertz panels, uh, and not TN. So and not prematurely putting me to sleep. So well, that I mean, just not is it really premature if if it's that late? I mean, they do have their press conference at eight o'clock. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to scroll through here. There's nothing else I really feel like talking about. Either from CES or not CES. I'm pretty sure that was all of it. Yeah, okay, yep. I just met the next podcast post as I scrolled down the page. So that's pretty much it. Um, check out uh, pcper.com slash CES. That will be um, the short URL you can go to to access all of our CES posts from this week. YouTube.com slash YouTube.com YouTube.com slash PCPer. We're posting tons of videos nine there. Nine videos and counting. We're already up to nine videos on there um, from, the, from the first day and a half. And like I said, hopefully I think some people in the chat are saying our stream is back up. So I think it did way better than I expected it to be yeah, it lasted for the first day. 45 minutes. Yeah. So uh, that's a good sign. And, and, and we'll, we'll try this again tomorrow. Again, go to PCPer.com slash subscribe and fill out your name and email address there. I Really, that's all we use it for is to email people about when we're going to go live. Uh, and we have uh, several more podcasts to do here that we don't know what time we're going to start. So don't listen to the scheduling on the on the on the site. It's just more placeholders to say, hey, we are going to do one. Um, but if you want to be notified when we do, uh, either follow me on Twitter or uh, go to uh, uh, that that URL there. Um, and we also have we do have wink wink some things coming up in January for live streams as well. Ken just winked at me. It's pretty hot. Uh, I'm not going to preview tomorrow because I, I don't feel like looking at the schedule. 
I think it's like Asus and Qualcomm and Samsung and stuff and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on. Johnny Shi. That's right. Yeah, we're gonna hear from Asus. So I'm I'm super excited about it. Uh, so I really appreciate you guys joining us and those of us those of you who uh, hung out live. Thanks. Sorry for any of the the hiccups here. And um, I guess that's it. Bye, guys. Good night. Good night. Good night.